USA Radio News. I'm Chris Barnes. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua, from caring for our children to our seniors, from helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets, from learning the skills to get your GED, to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. Well, good Monday morning, and welcome to the United Way Community Connection Show here on WSMN 1590 AM and WLMW 90.7 FM. Um, the uh, FM station covers the greater Manchester area. The AM station covers the greater Nashua area. So uh, no, matter, no matter where you are, you should be able to be listening in. I should mention also that we are live on Facebook. If you go to the United Way of Greater Nashua Facebook page, you'll see a live feed right now. I see a couple of people have actually seen that and have liked the feed. That includes Kyle Schneck, my friend, and Betsy Levake, also my friend, good buddies of mine. So welcome to the show, and we're glad to have you with us today on this, I don't know if we call it rainy or overcast, overcast Monday morning. So a couple things about our show that you should know. Um, what are you going to hear about the next hour or so? Each and every week we interview two different nonprofits from the local community. These are organizations that are serving Greater Nashua and working tirelessly to make our community stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier. Each week we interview two different organizations, talk about what they do and how they're making a difference. The purpose for that is, uh, well, a couple reasons actually. One is um, that uh, perhaps you or somebody you know, a loved one, a family member, uh, yourself, a colleague, is in need of services or looking for services, how do you know what is out there? Well, one of the ways in which you can learn is by listening to the show every week. Since we interview two different nonprofits every week, you know, over the course of a year, you're going to hear from um, over 100 different organizations about what they do and how they're making a difference. That way you can be that person who helps connect somebody who you care about to services. I always tell people, you know, though it's virtually impossible to know everything that's out there, so the other thing you should do in that case is also recommend to people to call 211 of New Hampshire. 211 is, that's its telephone number, just like 411 or 911, but it's 211. Dial that from any 603 area code and you can get connected to services that way as well. That is a program of the United Ways of of New Hampshire, all four United Ways kind of pitch in to make that work, and it's run by our friends at Granite United Way up in Manchester. Pretty great service. Uh, other reasons why you listen to the show, well, each organization that I know of in the nonprofit sector um, 
needs help to get their work done. And they do that in a couple different ways. Of course, they're always looking for financial support. Um, if you wanted to make a donation to an organization, of course, it's important to know what that organization does and how many different ones there are out there. If you're interested in children, if you're interested in animals, if you're interested in the environment, if you're interested in um, substance abuse, any of these um, uh, areas is something where we have an organization out there who will be working um, tirelessly at that, that and you want your financial support to go to that. So that's one reason to listen in. The other is also perhaps you are one of the very many generous people with your time. Um, the organizations that I know of all want to have volunteer help, whether it be for an ongoing you know, project or perhaps around the office or um, for an event that's coming up. Volunteers are the lifeblood of any nonprofit, and they're really one of the ways in which we get work done. So volunteering, paying it forward with your, uh, with your labor, free labor, such as it may be, um, is a great way to get involved as well. So those are all the reasons to listen to our show. We have two great interviews coming up today. We're going to have our friends from the Nashua Children's Home. I see in the studio already my friend Dave, who is the executive director for the Nashua Children's Home, is going to be on the show at, at about 21, 22 after the hour. And then um, from 20 of the hour until 10 o'clock, we have our friends from Bridges Domestic and Sexual Violence. Um, we have a couple of folks actually coming in today to talk about what they do. Uh, both of these organizations have been on our show before, um, but uh, memories are short, and perhaps you didn't catch that show, so we're going to talk about what's going on with them, what's new, how they're making a difference, perhaps what events they have coming up, that kind of thing. Should be pretty great, and I'm really looking forward to it. A couple things I did want to mention that have just happened like last week around the water cooler kind of stuff, so I uh, wanted to mention, for starters, that um, last week at United Way, we started sort of informally kicked off our triannual um, community grants process. Every three years, we uh, make a deep dive into the needs of the community, take a look at what's going on and what's gotten worse and what's gotten better so that we can use data to drive our decision-making about where to make grants. Um, the flip side of that is then entertaining the proposals from various organizations around the community to, to, uh, to pitch for that money. Um, if those um, if those programs that they're looking at implementing or or already have implemented meet um, some of those criteria for critical needs in the community, they're likely to get investment from the United Way. So we do that all through volunteers. Last week we had a volunteer orientation. Uh, we have three different teams that are going to be working hard on this project. We're pretty excited about this year's uh, community investment process having kicked off. Um, a couple of other things that uh, were, at least in my life, last week. One is uh, through the United Way campaign, people don't often know this, but uh, sometimes you you can also donate to United Way uh, to your favorite organization rather than just generally into the, the, you know, the community fund. We like when people donate to the community fund because it allows our grant investment process to take place. But sometimes there are organizations that you just want to support, and that's the one you want to support. And you can do that through United Way's campaign as well. A uh, board member of mine, a friend, Peter Schalliner, and I made the rounds last week distributing some of the uh, proceeds from that, um, the annual proceeds from, from those types of donations, which sometimes can be as much as forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 And so we uh, distributed those checks and kind of put some pictures up on Facebook. Saw a bunch of organizations up in the Manchester area last week. So, you know, Daniel Webster Council of the Boy Scouts, um, CASA, New Hampshire, um, the... Uh, 
um, Ch- Catholic Charities, um, Girls Inc. is up there, um, the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Manchester. These are all organizations that received funding through the annual campaign designation. So thank you to your to you if you're one of those donors. We really appreciate you giving back to those organizations through the United Way campaign. Um, then Wednesday evening, we had our second annual um, red carpet event at Chunkies, and this is uh, an event that was put on by the Prevention Coalition, uh, focused on uh, youth substance abuse prevention, and um, we had five or six, I think it was six um, youth teams from both middle schools and from high schools come in to um, show videos that they've made um, around the theme of um, life being a journey and making that journey drug-free. I will say that the videos that these young people produced were just remarkable. They were they were they were strong messages. They were creative. Um, they were just outstanding. And uh, two of them won. Um, one of the teams from Nashua South won for the high schoolers, and I believe it was Fairgrounds Middle School that won for the middle school division. Um, but all the videos were fantastic, and that's something the Prevention Coalition is going to continue again next year. There were probably 250 people or so at Chunkies for this event, and um, the kids really liked it. Um, those videos that won are going to be working now with Amanda Schneck over at Pearl Marketing and uh, be made into sort of more professional videos that will be shown as PSAs on the big screen over at Chunkies. So great, great evening all the way around and kudos and shout out to the uh, Prevention Coalition for taking care of that and making it happen. A couple things going on this week. Just wanted to mention um, Meals Matter is one of those programs that we've talked about a couple of times. This is a uh, program that was uh, designed by several students in Nashua South in order to fight food security issues in our schools. And they've raised a lot of money um, through the community um, with supporters from business and individuals and um, they've paid down a lot of student debt associated with food they've also implemented a program where kids really can uh, uh, do not have to go without a, um, a lunch or a breakfast for that matter um, they may be there's a lot of kids that maybe don't quite qualify for free and reduced lunch but nevertheless the need is there and of course the educational outcomes are much greater when kids are not hungry all day. I'm sure everybody everybody can relate to that. So we're going to have a first um, advisory board meeting with those folks, learn a little bit about what they're doing, what their plans are. I'm pretty excited to see that happening um, on Tuesday. Wednesday evening, the Leadership Greater Nashua class of 2019 has put together an incredible program called Get On Board Nashua. And what that's about is uh, organizations all not different manner of nonprofits have boards of directors that's part of you know part of how you operate your your business if you're a nonprofit with is with a board of directors and those boards are always looking for different types of volunteers for their boards um, some of that has to do with you know what kind of work they expect their board members to do some boards are very advisory um, some board member some boards are roll up your sleeves and get into the nitty-gritty of running the business regardless um, all all the nonprofits I know of have um, an ongoing need for board members and board members who are engaged, board members who really get it and want to make a difference in their community. So this um, Leadership Greater Nashua class has put together a symposium, if you will, open to the public. Probably about 40 different nonprofits will be there talking about what they do, how they're making a difference, and how the board members 
um, what the board members are that they're looking for and how those board members make a difference in their organizations. So that's pretty great. Pretty excited about that. That's going to be at the event center at the courtyard Marriott. You can find information on that on Facebook. It's called Get On Board Nashua. There's an event set up. There's also, I believe, something on the Chamber's website, the Greater Nashua Chamber of Commerce. Looking forward to that. We'll be there as well. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, the big day at United Way, our third annual uh, community baby shower is going to take place at Nashua Community College. We're very excited about this. We have, again, about 30, 35 different organizations and businesses, um, individuals that are going to be presenting information. This event is geared towards low-income expecting and new moms and dads. I... Uh, can tell you it's going to be i wish there was something like this one uh, when my wife and i had our first our child because you know sometimes you just you know you have a baby and you just don't know what to do and what's the right thing to do this is one of those events where people really can get connected to that kind of information um and it's not just you know it's about health it's about education it's about the financial stability resources in our community so we'll probably have around 50 or 60 families attend we've also done a massive collection um throughout the community the community has been remarkably generous in in uh providing items everything from diapers and you know uh, baby wipes to strollers and cribs um and and people will leave with a lot of the basic necessities to get to get going um, in life with their young baby. So we're very excited about this event. I will say um, one of the things that I'm excited about this year, besides that the event's going to be very cool in and of itself, is that uh, New Hampshire Chronicle from WMUR has decided that they're going to create a piece spotlighting the event. So they'll be there doing a little bit of filming and talking with some of the people who are involved um, in putting it together and also in uh, getting some of those information and resources. So New Hampshire Chronicle is going to be covering our baby shower and, you know, we couldn't be more thrilled about that. Um, we think it's a great event, but, but, um, I'm sure that a lot of other people when they've seen it will also think that as well. A couple of community announcements I wanted to mention, um, in no particular order, June 13th, um, believe it or not, census 2020, the, uh, national, um, census, which takes place every 10 years, um, is already well into the fan planning phases. And on June 13th at Nashua Community College, there's going to be a workshop um, geared towards really organizations that are involved in one way or another with the census. And that could be everything from, you know, from a church to a business, people who, people who have people. Um, we all get counted in the census and sometimes there's, there's, you know, what is this about and why is it? And should I trust the people and what's, what does it all mean? Well, the census is very, very important. The data from the census is used for a huge variety of different things in our community. Everything from, you know, planning transportation and maybe planning federal infrastructure investments to how organizations get grants. So we all use census data, and it's very, very important. Um, has a lot to do with our democracy and how democracy functions. So that workshop on June 13th is at Nashua Community College. You can find out more about that. If you go to the, the city of Nashua's um, website, there is actually a census page there you can check in on. The... Uh, one Greater Nashua Navigators are having their monthly meeting this Wednesday at United Way at 6.30 in the evening. And this monthly this month's topic is um, what could you share about your gardening experiences? It's time of year when people start growing stuff. And there are a lot of people in our community that like to grow and grow food and, and uh, herbs and vegetables and all of that good stuff. And uh, by the way, I'm not one of them. 
Um, I like to eat all of those things, but I do not like to grow those. So if you're like a local uh, far farming hobby farmer and you want to learn more and talk about your experiences with the Navigators, this diverse group of people will be meeting at um, 630 at United Way offices on Wednesday. Uh, some friends of mine were on the show last week, wanted to mention they have a program called Mind, Body, and Wealth. It's sort of a holistic view of um, bridging the gap between fiscal and physical health. Um, they're holding this program, which is free to the public, um, 6.45 to 7.45 p.m. Thursdays, May 30th, June 6th, and June 13th. That's going to be at Showcase Performing Arts Center. And if you want to learn more about that, you can find information about that on the Nashua uh, Family Chiropractic website. Nashua Family Chiropractic is... Um, one of the main supporters and sponsors of this, and they'll be doing some of the teaching. So it's called Mind, Body, and Wealth, Open to the Public. Should be a really pretty great program over at Showcase Performing Arts in Hudson. And let's see, one or two more real quick announcements here. Um, I did want to mention this is the time when people start signing up for Head Start. So if you're interested in learning more about Head Start for your um, youngin' for the fall, uh, this is the time to start enrolling. They are enrolling for early Head Start um, over at uh, 88 Temple Street, which is the Southern New Hampshire um, Services offices, and 134 Ald Street, which is also Southern New Hampshire Services. Um, you can find out about that. That's ages birth through three years for early Head Start, and then um, Head Start itself is pre-K. It's a great program um, for people who qualify, and um, I really encourage you to learn more about that. You can do that actually easiest just by picking up the phone and calling 800-322-1073, and uh, that would be something um, which I think would interest a great many people who might be needing um, child care but in a very educationally oriented environment. Last but not least, I will mention, I've mentioned this before, Camp Sebago, it is camp time. So um, you all remember sitting around the fire, eating s'mores. Summer camp is one of those experiences that just lasts lasts a lifetime. Um, Camp Sebago is the camp provided by um, the Salvation Army up in Sebago, Maine. That's a week-long camp. It's um, specifically geared towards people who are low-income, otherwise could not afford a camp experience. And um, if you contact the Salvation Army here in Nashua, just ask for Rosemary. And her phone number is 889-5151. Ask Rosemary, and uh, they'll connect you to how you enroll for Camp Sebago. Those registrations fill up pretty darn fast, so I would recommend doing that sooner rather than later. If any of these announcements were of interest to you, but you didn't catch the details on where and when and what and who, uh, just give me a call over at United Way or send me an email. Um, You know, there's only one mic at United Way. I I hold on to all these announcements, and... um, if you want information, that you, but you weren't able to write down the details, give me a shout. Time to come up for a breath of air. We're going to take a break here. Our show, which is brought to you by Edstone Properties, is here every week, um, interviewing two different nonprofits in our community. After our break, we'll be back on with our first nonprofit interview, and that is with the Nashua Children's Home. I know that Dave Villiotti, who's the executive director, is here in the here in the in the studio with us today. I'm not sure if Dave brought anybody with him. We'll find that out in just a minute or two after the break.
Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Title Boxing Club is the best and only authentic full-body boxing workout that changes your body, clears your mind, and completely engages your spirit. Our signature workout utilizes the fundamentals of a true boxer's workout, including proper heavy bag training to strengthen and tone your arms, legs, back, core, stamina, and your confidence. Empowering, exhilarating, and totally addictive. This is your new favorite workout class. Visit them online at titleboxingclub.com or call 6032 That's 206-5608. And begin today. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. As school resumes and school buses fill our roads, the medics at American Medical Response want to remind both parents and children about bus safety. Never assume that drivers of other vehicles are in fact stopping for the school bus. Walk on sidewalks to the bus stop. Never run. Children must stay out of the danger zone around the bus, which is 10 feet wide or five giant steps on all sides of the bus. At that distance from the bus, the bus driver can see you. Check out more safety tips at amr.net slash safety. AMR medics are here for you every hour of every day. Well, good Monday morning, and welcome to the United Way Community Connection Show here on WSMN 1590 AM and WLMW 90.7 FM, also live on Facebook at the United Way of Greater Nashua Facebook page. That's really the place where you would go if you wanted to post a question. You can also tweet us um, at United Way GN if you'd like, and if I see that on my phone, I will then read your question or your comment over the air. Um, We're joined today in the studio by Dave Villiotti. Dave is the executive director from the Nashua Children's Home, um, has been one of those long-term executive directors in our community. He's been really working at it and making a difference for many, many years. So, Dave, welcome to our show. We're glad to have you here today. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Um, It's my pleasure. And um, it's been a while since you've been on the show. I don't take that personally, by the way. Um, (laughs) But it's it has been a couple of years. It has been That's a couple right. of years. Yeah. It was the other studio, I think, it when was you were across the last street. Time. That's exactly right. So this is beautiful in that you can see the 360 view yeah. or whatever 270 view of, of Nashua. The only thing, and I've, I've, the only thing I don't love about this studio is like if there's something going on on Main Street, which is loud. Yeah, you get the, the micro- sirens. Micro- yeah. Microphones pick up everything. Uh-huh. 
So, uh, but besides that, glad to have you here. So the Nashua Children's Home is one of these organizations that's been around for many, many years um, in our community. I was hoping you might want to just cover a little bit about what you do over there sure. and kind of the history. Yeah. Uh, bring us to the present. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was founded in 1903 as the Nashua Protestant Orphanage Association. It's a joint venture of all the Protestant churches in Nashua. And function really is an orphanage, as orphanages did in so many American cities for a number of years up until 1970, became officially non-denominational at that time. Kids coming in were more more complex, and more behavior issues, more emotional issues, so the attempt was made to professionalize its staff. Um, became Nashua Children's Association in 1970, and then... Subsequently, Nashua Children's Home in 1998, which is what was was known as anyway locally. Um, currently, we, we can serve up to 46 children on a residential basis. These are boys and girls between 7 and 18 years of age. These are kids that can't live with their family for any number of reasons, typically placed by our state's Child Protection and Juvenile Justice Agency, the Division for Children, Youth, and Families. Kids come in having, um, there's been a finding that they've either been abused or neglected, or they may have been involved in some delinquent activity on the juvenile justice end. We also have a school of special education. We can educate 30 students in that school up through grade eight. So we have some kids that live with us and go to school with us. Other kids live with us and go to local public schools or sometimes other alternative high schools in the area too. Uh, And then we also have our transitional living program that serves young adults between 18 and 22 years of age. And these are young people in the circumstance of having um, really aged out of the child protective juvenile justice system and facing the challenge of being 18 years old and being on their own, needing to provide for themselves, no financial support from their families of origin, really in a tough spot. So we provide we provide housing and, and ongoing staff support and guidance for those young people. So if you're if uh, let's talk about that just for a second, because um, it sounds like what you're saying is if you're 18 years old, let's say you're in foster care, um, or you're at the National Children's Home, mm-hmm. if you hit the age of 18, um, there what sort of supports exist for you at that point? Well, it's kind of an abyss that uh, some of these young people go into. So if you're 18 and haven't graduated from high school, you can petition the court that placed you with us to continue your placement with us until you graduate. Once that happens, though, and you're 18 years old, the systems that have supported you kind of go away. Disappears. Yeah, they, 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 they... they disappear. And this transitional living program, it's funded almost entirely with private charitable contributions because these are young people that have, again, aged out of the system. There's no longer any system to, to support them. Um, sometimes there are when they reach age 21, but between that age of 18 and 21, uh, sometimes there's really no uh, no viable supports in terms of uh, public agencies to support those young people. So we provide housing and, again, um, ongoing staff support and guidance for those young people. That's pretty great. How many, um, what's your capacity in each of your different age brackets? Well, in our residential program, we can work up to 46 boys and girls. And it's, it's, it's about half and half boys and girls, um, about half and half um, younger kids, what we call latency age kids up into age 13 or so and half adolescents. And then our, 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 our educational program, we have three classrooms, 10 students in each classroom. These are all students that have been identified with special education needs, typical, typically because of emotional issues. And then our transitional living program, we can accommodate up to nine young adults. And are you typically full in each of these areas? Um, it's it 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 varies. I mean, when we're when we're not full, it's because there's so much activity, there's so much kid, there's so many kids coming and going, um, kids that we expect to stay with us for a longer period of time. They go into court, they're sent home unexpectedly. Um, so we often operate with some 
vacancy in those in those programs. Okay. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is, is there a difference between an orphanage and the children's home? Because the orphanage, like that, or is that just like an old-fashioned word for well, old-fashioned old people like me? Well, you know, one of the one of the one of the great myths is that the orphanages were for parentless kids. I mean, that was really, uh, th- I mean, that was the th- th- that was true to some extent, but for the most part, even though the orphanages of days past um, were, were 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 typically for for disadvantaged kids, poor kids, kids whose parents couldn't take care of them at any at, at any any one point in time. So, I mean, I think it's still the case that some of the older time orphanages, and there used to be three in this city, um, we were the lone remaining one. Um, I mean, typically those orphanages became more professional in their services, um, understood that the kids that were coming in had more complex um, issues that needed those kinds of uh, clinical kinds of abilities from their staff. Yeah, so when you talk about complex issues, I'd imagine that the children who come into the children's home at any age, really, have experienced um, some level of traumatic experience in their lifetimes. Absolutely. And and what sort of ways in which um, do you what sort of ways do you see that manifest itself? Yeah. And how do you help to address those issues? Yeah, we always say that the kids that come to the Nashville Children's Home they probably experience more heartbreak, rejection, and abandonment by the time they're ten years old than most of us will know in a lifetime. And and one of the things that we contend with on a daily basis, I mean, it, and it's it's not going away, is the opioid crisis, the drug involvement, and we see that happen in a number of different ways. Um, with our older kids that come in, I mean, those kids come in having some substance use issues of their own, right. and one of the things that we contend with these days that we hadn't before is needing to stop the influx of jewels and vapes and dab pens and things that are, you know, they're very difficult to, to d- detect. With our younger kids, I mean, I can say that most of our kids that come in now, that are age, you know, 11 and under, they've come in having had parents that have been um, not able to uh, shake the demons of their opioid addiction. In fact, we have a couple of kids that they're not only involved with us, but they're involved with a local grief group because they've lost their parents. To, right. to, to overdose. And these are kids that are eight years old, 10 years old. And then we have kids whose parents have, um, their, their parental rights have been terminated. Um, we have parent, we have kids whose parents are incarcerated. And sometimes those kids feel a little more secure knowing that their parents are incarcerated. It's when they're not, and they don't know where their whereabouts are that those kids become very anxious because I mean, although the parents have the drug issues, they are the kids' parents and there is a bond between them. Um, so, I mean, we provide a lot of, 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 of situational counseling, a lot of formal counseling with master's level therapists that we employ. And then we have some kids that have more specialized counseling in the community that have more, uh, more specific drug and alcohol types of counseling, that type of thing. And we also just you know, structure a daily routine for the kids that we have and really get them involved in different activities, um, different activities where they're going to be successful, where they're going to r- raise their level of self-esteem. That's really so important for the kids that we have. And I imagine some of this work gets done through partnerships with organizations like Bridges or the Greater National Mental Health or Harbor Homes. That, that it type of it does. That's right. I mean, we have, we have kids that are seen, for instance, at Harbor Homes by um, – by nurse practitioners that will prescribe medication for kids or different counselors over there. And it really depends on, there is a network of, uh, of organizations sometimes involved with the same kid and family. So we do partner with a number of community agencies to really serve the kids and families that we have. And, 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 and sometimes it happens where kids are involved with an agency prior to their placement in Nashua Children's Home. Sometimes that continues. Sometimes it doesn't, but it gets picked up on the other end when those kids um, 
are sometimes able to reunify with their families. And that really is the, the goal for most of the kids that we have is to work with the families as well to get the kids back home. And toward that end, we really prioritize admission towards local kids and families. So at any one point in time, we typically have half of our kids that are city and Nashua residents. They may continue their education in Nashua schools. Another quarter of our kids are local kids, kids from Merrimack and Hudson and and Amherst and Milford that might get bust back to their 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 their, their home school on a daily basis. Um, I should say because people who are just just tuning in are listening to Dave Villiotti, who's the executive director for the Nashua Children's Home, and you're listening to the United Way Community Connections Show. Uh, Dave, one of the things that I've noticed just as an observation, I think that the nonprofit sector in any community um, is largely reflective of the size of the community. And so when we were talking about partnerships, one of the things I love about Nashua is that we have, we're large enough that we have organizations like your, like yours at the children's home that can meet that need, but we're not large enough that your organization could be so large that it meets all the needs. That's right. And we, therefore we have this network of supporting organizations and, and in Nashua that seems to work particularly well. It does work well. So, I mean, again, we, we, we partner with, with organizations that provide um, oversight over kids' medical needs. We don't have medical staff um, with us, but we do have clinical staff that partner with the medical staff, if you can get right. that. Um, right. the, the other thing that we really benefit from that we should really um, mention, besides the nonprofit agencies that we have, and we really have a top-notch police force in the city of Nashville, and we really yeah. benefit from our partnership with that police force. We, ha- we have for many years. I can't say enough good things about the Nashville Police Department. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And uh, you, you probably know the incoming chief, Chief Mike, he's going to mm-hmm. keep that tradition alive. I'm, sure. I'm quite sure of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if he doesn't, then I'm going to make him go over the edge again. <laughs> There you go, do that. So three times, three times a charm. Uh-huh. So um, one thing I wanted to ask you about just a little bit is how how can somebody who is interested in supporting our community's youth and the work you do at the children's home how can somebody volunteer support what are your needs for community engagement to get your work done? Sure, as I told you the last time I was on this show that we, what we need what we need most is unrestricted operating support. I think all of the nonprofits I, are in the same boat as far as that goes. And in your case, in particular, I'd imagine for this. Uh, transitional living program. That's exactly right. Sure. Yeah, because that's funded entirely with, with charitable contributions. And, and then the, the level of public funding we get for other programs, it never matches what the, what the need is. Right. Um, but people can also uh, become involved by, I mean, sometimes, we, sometimes we have donations of, of, of items, of gift cards that kids can use for you know, clothes shopping, that type of thing. And then we have people volunteer their time. And sometimes we have people that volunteer a particular skill or interest that they have. Um, we have kid, people that come up and they'll run yoga groups, different sports groups with kids, different crafts groups with kids. And then people that just want to come up and spend some time on a regular basis as kind of an extra person that will uh, get on the floor and play games with kids, play Legos, which our kids still play, you know, that type of thing. Kids that come up and people that come up and bring their, their pets for, for, for kids to interact with as well. So there are plenty of opportunities. There and sure I imagine are. Imagine if people just pick up the phone and call the National Children's Home that you'll uh, be able to connect them That's to something exactly they can right. do to make a difference. Mm-hmm. For sure, we will. That's fantastic. Yeah. Love love the work you do. It really makes a big difference in our community. Uh, the lots going on at the state. DC, there are. DC, the Division of Child and Youth Services (DCYF) mm-hmm. has had some big issues the last couple of years any any of that affecting you in a one way or the other it sure does you know and 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 i mean they they have, they, they have a tough job to do i'm, I'm reminded of 
as something that the, the former commissioner of DSS in Massachusetts once said, which was, this year we've only been criticized for two things. One is removing kids from their homes too early. The other is waiting too long. And that's the challenge that DCYF always has. Yep. You know, it comes to the balance of protecting children and keeping children with their families. Um, so, I mean, some of the some, one of the things that we're going to have to contend with uh, very soon is there's really federal policy around the Families First Prevention Act that that really is going to place some demands on on the work that we do. I mean, as far as uh, more more focus on 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 outcomes and procedures and that type of thing. And the challenge that we have is how to balance that without it coming at a cost to the actual delivery of services to children and families. So. Right. You know, so it's it's a it's a federal legislation that when it comes down to the local level, I mean, it comes down to a lot more administrative oversight and a lot more you know overreach sometimes by the federal agencies. Um, and again, it comes with a cost. So, and we really try to direct most of our resource, most of our time, most of our energy to the actual provision of services to children and families. So we don't want to see that suffer in the meantime. Right. It's a complex landscape for it, it, sure. It, it real it really is, and there's been some change in the leadership of DCYF over the past uh, couple of years. So there's some um, you know some initiatives that are that that are going forth. Uh, one of the things that we're going to try and do is to uh, continue to do what uh, we've always done best, and that's to provide a home environment for kids and families, and to do it in a way that's as non-institutional as we can within the institution. Um, that's the challenge that we that we have, and to continue to treat every kid as an individual, not have a uh, a kind of one size fits all approach to kids. So we do individualize a, a whole lot, really, at Nashua Children's Home. I know you, you do, know? and that seems like a pretty good point for us to wrap things up on. Okay. Dave, I really appreciate you coming on today to talk about the work, the mission of the Nashville Children's Home, um, work that you've been doing since 1903. Um, not you personally, but. <laughs> we do have, a, we do have a, a super committed staff. You know that. So. I, do, I do know that. I do know that. I've met a couple of them, know a couple of them pretty well, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Um, and um, if you want more information about the Nashua Children's Home, of course, you know, the easiest thing is just Google it, Nashua Children's Home, and that'll take you to their website, nashuachildrenshome.org. I like that you're very uncreative with your web addresses, we as am I. <laughs> nashuachildrenshome.org. Um, there's stuff going on here around with events. There's ways to volunteer and support this um, remarkable organization. Um, which is really making a difference in our community. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So we're going to take another short break. After the break, we'll be joined by our second nonprofit interview, and that is with our friends from Bridges Domestic and Sexual Violence. I know that my friend Amy Jo is in is is here in the studio. I don't know who else walked in with her, but I'm, I, it might be Lisa. It might be Zipporah. It could be any number of people. It's going to be great. Um, so stick with us. We'll be back in just a minute or two. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show on WSMN 1590 AM. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. 
Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. The Village Network was created for only one reason, to keep those 62 and older in their home as long as possible, ideally for the rest of their life. The Village Network is the answer for children who do not live nearby and worry about their parents being able to remain independently and safely at home. The Village Network has a network of trusted providers and volunteers who provide transportation, home repair, home-delivered meals, grocery shopping, and others who are there to help when you need them. We can even find someone to walk your dog. The Village Network does not charge thousands of dollars of upfront costs for services you may never need. With the Village Network, you only pay for services when you need them. Become a member of the Village Network today by calling 603 891 zero 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 eight that's six oh three eight nine one zero 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 eight the village network become a member today Well, good Monday morning. You are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show here on WSMN 1590 AM and WLMW 90.7 FM up in the Manchester area. Each and every week we bring to the radio two different nonprofits from our local community, organizations that are working day in and day out to make Greater Nashua um, and all of its residents stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier. Um we just heard from Dave Villiotti over at the Nashua Children's Home, and now we have in the studio two new special guests. We have Amy Joe and Zipporah, who goes by Zippy, but I'll let her tell you whether she wants to be called Zippy on the radio or Zipporah. Um, and they're going to talk with us a little bit today about um, one of those organizations that uh, you may or may not have heard about, and that's Bridges Domestic and Sexual Violence. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining us here today. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you so much. So, um, Amy Joe, if you like, we can start with you and talk just a little bit about what is Bridges. I mean, okay. we've done this before, but you never know who's listening, and um, perhaps we have somebody new, new um, listening to in today. Okay. So in New Hampshire, there is something called the New Hampshire Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. And underneath that coalition, there are 13 crisis centers that support victims and survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, and so we cover the greater Nashua and Milford area. There's lots of services that we have. The first services is that you do not need to make an appointment. All of our services are free and confidential. If you walk into Bridges, an advocate will be there to help you. We are not therapists or counselors, we're advocates, which means that we help people with whatever choices they want to make in their lives. I should say, when you say we help people, um, you, didn't, I, you did not say we help women. That's correct. And that's something that I think that is important to know about is that, of course, there are males who are also survivors of sexual and domestic violence. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are open to anyone that needs our support. And you don't need to be in crisis. 
um, let's say you're confused about a relationship or you're looking for resources or a counselor, we really are there to give people whatever resources that they need. And what are some of those resources? What are some of the services that you offer as an organization? So we have an emergency shelter for people who are fleeing domestic violence. Uh, We also have transitional housing. Um, We also work with the courts and restraining orders and stocking orders. We also work with the police department. Um, We work with the hospital when there's been um, someone who's come in um, with domestic violence or some kind of sexual assault. But we're there basically as an emotional support and a network resource. Fantastic. And you said you do have an office in Milford, um, and then you have your main offices here in Nashua. Yep, our main office is here in Nashua on 33 East Pearl Street, right across from the Nashua Soup Kitchen. And we have a satellite office with offices with hours that are somewhat limited, um, but that is off the Oval at 16 Elm Street. How do you find that most people learn about your services when they have a need? Is it they call 211, or they call your hotline, or they go online and Google it? or Well, a lot a lot of things, and that's one of the services that I didn't even explain, is that we do have yeah. a 24-hour support line. You do not have to be in crisis to call. You can call us even at 4 in the morning, and someone will get back to you within 10 minutes, which is pretty impressive, I think. That's very but, impressive. Yes, and so a lot of people do reach out to us. They find out about us in, in numerous ways. Um, we also do prevention in the community, and so many times people find out about us because we've done outreach or we've done prevention in high schools or middle schools, and people know about us that way. We also try to have a presence in the community in terms of health fairs or any way that we can connect to people in the community. That's right. Amy Jo, what is your role at Bridges specifically? Um, I am an educa- I'm the education coordinator, and so I go out. I actually start with preschoolers all the way up to adults talking to people about relationships um, because we truly believe that if people understand what healthy relationships look like and what concerning behaviors look like, they can be better advocates for themselves. And of course, there's a, sci- there's a growing body of scientific data to back that up. It's Absolutely. not It's not really just a belief. It's, it's actually evidence-based practices. Yep, and we try to do that. Um, but we also know that the community has lots of different stressors on it. Right. And so we do what we can to really support people to find the resources that they need. That's great. So you, you're involved with the education piece. And, and uh, Zippy, what is your role particularly at Bridges? Thank you, Mike. As you said, my name is Zippy. I like going by Zippy. I am the cultural advocate. I feel, I feel uncomfortable calling you Zippy, though, because if, I always feel like that's not a formal name. So, But if you prefer that, I will do that. Yeah, I like Zippy. Everybody okay. has called me Zippy since I was a little girl. So I know that. Absolutely. Just, just turned to be like my real name. Okay, <laughs> sounds okay, good. But you feel free to call me Zipporah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll try one way or the other. So what is your role over at uh, Bridges um, then? I As uh, the reasoners can reason to me, maybe you hear my accent is a little different. I am the cultural advocate for domestic violence, and also I go for the outreach for um, domestic violence organization uh, Bridges. And what I do is just to talk to people who are out there who have never heard of 
bridges and they suffer through this and they have no one to talk to especially some communities with an example of Swahili communities mm -hmm. whereby domestic violence have become a normal thing to them uh, I come from such a community my background and I know a lot of people suffer through it women children and uh, men too so all my work my work is just to reach to them and talk to them and tell them what bridges does for them to understand and sometimes I have to start from known to unknown and probably I have to talk to them about bullying at school for them to understand where abuse starts or what it is and then we come to that which they have defined as a normal to them and tell them no that's not the way life should be so that's what I do it's an advantage because I speak Swahili and uh, we do have a language line in in our office whereby they can uh, call and uh, they can reach to them and talk to them but it's it's much better when someone is there arrive and they trust you and they know you they are able to open so much for them I do reach uh, I do go to churches too uh, which kind of is one place that a lot of people will not even think it happens in the churches. I have a ministry called Ezra <coughs> Ministry. It's a radio ministry. It's a radio like this one. And I do talk in vernacular. I talk in Swahili and also in Kikuyu language. You have a lot of population from Africa, from Congo, from Kenya, and from other parts of Africa who are in this country. And they are able to understand what it is that Bridges does. We are there with the resources. We are there for them to understand you cannot be silent uh, someone is there that you can come and talk to uh, Mike you know we meet in different meetings in the city so I attend every meeting that is going on in the city and my I've word, noticed that I think we both do <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do right that's, all, that's we part of what we do <laughs> people. we are here for people that's right yeah so and our work is just to tell people what we do and so they know there is help somewhere they can reach to somebody. Well, Nashua is a very diverse community. I don't think uh, people realize that Nashua in the state of New Hampshire is the most diverse community. Um, and it's uh, we have a large population. We have a population of refugees that you alluded to. That we have a Congolese population. We have a Rohingya population. We also have a large uh, population of people who are either Spanish-speaking or uh, Portuguese-speaking from Brazil. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're right in that sometimes, and we see this on the mental health side, obviously, as well, is that people don't have a frame of reference, which is, um, uh, this is not normal, and this is not right. That's right. Especially if they're coming from real hardship. Yes. Um, and so I think it's a great thing that you're able to reach out to these, to these communities and, yes. and connect them. Uh, actually, there was a time I was invited to speak at uh, Hispanic La Latino Intercultural Network. Sure. And uh, we, uh, I had someone to interpret for them what we do. And that was really cool because a lot of people came back to me and they, they wanna uh, they wanted me to give them the number of bridges. They want to know the address of bridges. That's how you reach to people. That's when you know people have a need and they need uh, to know where to reach uh, to someone that can talk to them. So we that's what I do most of the time. Um, when I'm in the office, I, I get back to my work and if people someone wanted to talk to me uh, they'll call me or I can call them back and I talk to them in the language they can understand we have a Ruhenga community um, group 
that we were teaching last summer um couple sessions we had with them and we are on the plan again so that we can start teaching them again and we start from stress for them to understand what stress is because some of these things domestic violence sexual assault human trafficking which most of them have gone through in life but yet they're not they don't know how to define it but when you teach them about stress they understand all I went through these and that's how I got stressed. So we meet that community, the Luhenga uh, community, and we are hoping we can be funded. We are looking for the funding to see if we can reach more people. That's fantastic. Yeah. The um, And you speak, I assume you speak also French. <laughs> uh, it- no, I do not. You do speak- not speak French. I wish I could. I want to learn that. Because I know many of the people from the Congo actually, you know, they speak French and, and of course, Swahili. Actually, I am from Kenya. So oh, from Kenya. I'm I apologize. From, that's okay. So, yeah. I am from Kenya. A lot of people ask me yeah. that because they think I'm from Congo. Of course. Uh, but I speak Swahili and I speak a couple other languages too. Well, that's um, <laughs> that's really great that you're able to do that, though, and yeah. connect to people. Amy Jo, I know you wanted to mention volunteering opportunities yes. at Bridges, which is which yes. is great because people want to give back. Yes, absolutely. And we love our volunteers. We saved, I think, almost $100,000 last year because of um, time that people donated to us in terms of volunteerism. Um, In order to be a volunteer and do direct service at Bridges, you need to go through a 34-hour training. Um, There is one coming up in June. It is on the first weekend, the second weekend, and third weekend um, of June. We do do it again in September and January. But for people who are interested in helping, interested in direct service or human services or psychology, um, you can answer the support line from your own home, which is really awesome. We do ask that you try to make a commitment of four shifts, which is six-hour shifts. But sometimes during those four-hour shifts, and Zippy can can reinforce this too we you know you don't get any calls and sometimes you get tons of calls mm-hmm. so it really depends but vol- but our agency would not be able to run like it runs uh, without volunteers and um, and so I'm just encouraging anyone who's listening if they are interested in bridges in this type of organization and they want to to donate time that's something that we would really, really encourage. And they can check out our website at bridgesnh.org. There is a link on the website how you can help. And from that, you'll be able to fill out information. But I encourage anyone that can to uh, to check in. Are there other types of volunteering opportunities that you have on a regular basis? Yes. I'm not. We have a lot of different events. We just had our... Bridges to Hope event. Thank you, Mike. You were there and helped us with it. It was it was a wonderful it was yeah. a wonderful evening. Thank you, thank you. Um, but we do have Bridges to Hope. We have our love event. We have our Kelly Man that's coming up um, the end of September, and we always need help with different kinds of um, support for that. Um, wow, you know what that music means? That means it's time to stop. It, uh, it does. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, my goodness. That went so fast. That went, it did. That so it quick. did. Well, you know, um, time flies when you're having fun. Yep. Amy Joe Zippy, thank you so much for coming in today and talking about the remarkable work done at Bridges Domestic and Sexual Violence. Um, more information can be found online at bridgesnh.org. 
lots of opportunities for people to volunteer and get involved in supporting your work. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. You do a great job. Too. Oh. <laughs> well, we all, we all do our best. So you're listening to the United Way Community Connections show. We'll be gone next week. Um, it's Memorial Day. No show. But the week after that, we will be back with our friends from Grow Nashua and our friends from the Y as well, talking about some of their new development efforts. Next up is the um, Suzanne Kaperniak and the Village Network. And until two weeks from now, please just remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united. to 1590 WSMN Nashua. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes.